This is On the Line. From the capstone to the plains, in-depth coverage, opinions, and analysis of the most heated rivalry in all of sports. All things Alabama and Auburn are right here. Now, you're on the line with Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law. You are on the line with Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law joining you on demand on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio, or if you're listening to us on the radio on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AU100, Kicks 96.3, and Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jeremy, good to see you, my man. How you doing? I'd be doing well if the Alabama defense was playing a little better, Noah. I'm telling you, we got a lot to talk about today. I'm looking up and down your rundown, and we got some good topics. we got an hour to break it down. Looking forward to it. Let's just start it off then. We'll we'll go out of order of what we were planned for the first segment. We'll start it off with Alabama fan problems right now. And I'll be honest with you, Alabama fan problems. And I've said this to you, and you've agreed with me, and I know you're probably going to come to the defense of the Crimson Tide faithful, as you should. But you've agreed with me on this before. Alabama fan problems, Alabama problems, period, are different than everybody else's problems. Alabama's problems on defense might keep them from winning a national championship, but it won't keep them out of a college football playoff or an excellent season. Anybody else that has problems like in Auburn, poor Vanderbilt just trying to make rent, you look at those teams' problems, they're firing a coach at the end of the year if things go poor enough. Alabama fans' problems for me is akin to a spoiled 16-year-old getting a BMW when they wanted a Mercedes. And just always, I guess... To me, it's a big problem. and But your problems are based on your expectations. Right. And Vanderbilt's not expecting to win a national title with Mac Jones, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, only to be spoiled by Pete Golding, who, as we're sitting here, will make $4,000 today. He makes $4,000 every day. And he ain't putting out a $4,000 a day product. My expectations, Noah, aren't to have a good season. What was it, 11-2 last year? We played in some meaningless bowl game. That didn't matter. It was fun to beat Michigan, don't get me wrong. But that wasn't where Alabama wanted to be. We want to be in a national title game, and when the clock hits zero, we want to be lifting the trophy up. Alabama's defense has real problems. Real problems. And this isn't a... Is this real-world problems, or is this Alabama problems? Like, is this defense really as bad no, as how, what you think it is? I don't know what you're talking about by real-world problems. Now, no, nobody's going broke. I mean, it isn't like they're... The, <laughs> well, Pete Golding, you want him to. Uh, yeah, well, he won't be broke. Don't worry. No, we're not closing down the house or anything. We're not selling the house. We're not getting foreclosed on here. This is real problems because Al- this is not a national... From what I saw Saturday... Alabama has the worst three-and-out defense in America. How is that possible? We blamed it on injuries last year, and I think that was a – I don't think it was a cop-out. I mean, when you looked up and down the the starting 11 on defense, you could make the case that, wow, yeah, I can see why they would be as bad as they were last year. It's not the case this year, bud. You Alabama's got, played two good offenses to start listen, the year. Listen, it's not about playing games. good offenses. Our Alabama's offense was a mistake away from losing to Ole Miss. Mac Jones, what he leads seven straight touchdown drives, or we some we could lose that game. 
Aren't you thankful your defense isn't as bad as Ole Miss's? Is it any better? <laughs> no, no, tell me. So I know I know our offense, and I think our offenses are pretty similar. Don't get me wrong. Alabama and Ole Miss have really good offense. Matt Corral's numbers are up there with Joe Burrow, Tua, and everybody. Oh, yeah. But there's some quarterbacks in college football this year that are having insane seasons, and but, Matt Corral's a part of But it. Mac Jones had to – he could not make a mistake from the middle of the first quarter on. And you're not winning the national title like that. And I don't know what's going on. I hope to God we were looking ahead to Georgia. <laughs> so the question I always ask, I've been asking myself all week. I tweeted this out, Twitter handle, at IMJ underscore law on Twitter. Had to remember that. But is how did this Alabama defense stop Texas A&M? Because I watched what Texas A&M did something to Florida's defense that Ole Miss really didn't do to Florida's defense. They, Ole Miss went up and down the field, but Texas A&M, they just went blow for blow with the Florida Gators. How did Alabama stop that? I don't know, because if I look at the Texas A&M team that played Florida, I'm sitting here saying, dang, Alabama's defense, when you looked at that game when the A&M wins, Alabama's defense actually looks pretty good. I was actually sitting on the couch with Blair Mayfield at a party Saturday. I said, well, our defense might not be as bad as we thought. They just put 50 on Florida. Texas A&M has something that I'm going to dub the Texas A&M complex. It's the blow-the-big-game complex. It's the can't-win-the-big-one. And Just when the look. lights turn on, what A&M goes from being a pretty good team, they go to being average and making mistakes. Texas A&M is the most accident-prone team in the Southeastern Conference if we're talking about teams that actually mean something. I mean, of course, Mississippi State's got a quarterback who's thrown like eight picks through three games. Vanderbilt, of course, they're as accident-prone as it gets. But if we're talking about teams that mean something in this league, that have expectations, have resources, Texas A&M is the most accident-prone team they just won the game. in the SEC. They just they beat just Florida. Win, but they just also beat. look at how they've lost games in the past, though. And you know this. I know. We've talked about but they just beat the th- being, they beat the third-ranked Florida Gators. Talk about overrated. No, they that defense. <laughs> they're bad, too. And I, and There's I, a lot of bad defenses in this league. But I don't know how you watch this Alabama defense and say it's not a real problem. The only reason I think it could not be a major problem is I think to that Texas A&M game and say, we got stops. We gave up a junk touch. That, that was a junk touchdown away from being a 52-17 to 17 victory. Here's why I don't think it's a real problem in Alabama, or at least I, it's a problem, but it's not as bad of a problem as anybody else has in college football. Like, I'm looking around college football, and I'm like, yeah, everybody's got problems. And then I'm looking at Alabama, and I'm like, okay, theirs are manageable. There are some teams in this league that do not have manageable issues that – I don't know how they're going to get fixed, namely Auburn. I'm, I'm looking at Auburn right now on defense. I'm like, those guys are soft. That defense is worse they're than no Alabama's so, no, defense. No, they're no softer than Alabama's defense. This is the – Who's got a better defense, Alabama or Auburn? I don't know. That's ridiculous. No, I've argued – did you watch the game? Look at the offenses that Auburn has played, though. Auburn has no, played Kentucky, I can under, Arkansas, I under, and Georgia. I understand. But when Alabama plays Georgia this weekend, Alabama's defense isn't going to let Stetson Bennett or whatever his name is sit back there and throw the ball. I think the one way Alabama can get in this game is make Georgia one-dimensional. But DJ Dell, LeBron Ray, Fedarian Mathis, that is the worst combo up front that <laughs> Alabama has had under Nick Saban. They are... They've got you stuttering. <laughs> our linebackers can't go make a play because they're getting hit in the chest by an offensive lineman seven yards down the field because there is nobody worthy on that Alabama defensive line of a double team. Not a single player. I was blown away by how well Ole Miss blocked 
in the football game. I was blown away by the offensive line, and that may still have, have something to do with Alabama. They have defense, NFL guys on offense. We could both agree with that, which I did not expect this year. But they, but they, they do have NFL guys, and I think um, Todd McShay or somebody even. I think Todd McShay was a sideline guy in that game, or whoever it was. They have some five or six NFL caliber guys on that offense. But in the SEC, isn't that almost everybody? I mean, the top five teams in the SEC are going to have five or six NFL-caliber guys on offense. Back to what you said about Alabama and their problems and everything, and just to finish my point on that is, while, yes, Alabama's defense is a legit problem, and it would be a problem for anybody else in college football, nobody's got the offense that Alabama's got. Nobody. Nobody in college football. Alabama has the best offense in college football, and it's not close. On top of that, I actually will go as far to say that this is the best Alabama offense under Nick Saban. I'd be okay with that. I saw people calling us the Alabama Sooners on Twitter over the weekend. I mean, is this where is this where we've gotten Alabama? I think if you've they have proven you need a really good offense, but you still need a good defense to win. You can't go out there and we've seen it the last three years: Clemson in the national title last year, and now we're rolling into it this year. You get caught when you can't play defense, when you can't get a stop. And Alabama's best defender last week was Ole Miss's center, who was he knew Ole Miss's center knew that he single-handedly lost Ole Miss the game. He's on the bench crying. I feel bad for him. Two bad snaps are the reason why Ole Miss was not in there at the very end. That's embarrassing for Alabama. That's embarrassing for Pete Golding. That, Pete Golding sucks. I'm sorry, I don't know how else to say it. This is the worst Alabama's defense has ever looked, maybe my entire life, and I'm 27 years old. Things went poorly for, okay, not your entire life. The, Come on. When have, we, when have we ever given up? Even when Mike Shuler was the coach, we're not giving up 40. And I know offensives has changed. Don't get me wrong. And you do look back to some days where Steven Garcia lit it up and some other guys lit it up. But you're giving up 50? Ole Miss? Even, we didn't give up 50 to Ole Miss when Swag Kelly was back there. The other guy that was back there that we lost to in 14 at, at Ole Miss. It's Auburn played poorly, but Alabama's performance in the evening took some heat off of how bad this week could have been. Well, I can't wait to get into this Auburn game. Oh, we're not going to. <laughs> Why are we not? Because we've got too many great games to talk about. We'll get into it a little bit because we got to talk about Tank Bigsby and how no, good we, he looked. But we got to talk about SEC officiating. I know that's not on the rundown. We'll find a way. But my point is, this is the first time that I can remember in my lifetime that Auburn and Alabama fans both are clamoring for somebody to get fired at the same time. Who do y'all want fired? A lot of Auburn fans don't like Gus Malzahn right now. I don't have a problem with the coaching staff at Auburn. I'm on the Gus bus. I think that people just need to be patient, and I think the ship is going to get righted this year. So I'm not one of those people. But there definitely is a lot of discontent in the fan base that every year at some point it comes out, the discontent, the anger rises up from a select portion of the fan base. I'm not saying that every Auburn fan wants it, but there's a select vocal portion of the fan base that definitely when things aren't going well, they seem to just appear with their pitchforks and torches. And Alabama fans are doing the exact same thing. It's the first time that I can remember that that has occurred at the same time. It, well, it really feels the, like the, the difference is, different success, we, success we periods. We don't want to change in the head guy. The head guy, I, I don't think the head guy is a problem. And Nick Saban's job isn't to coach the defense. Now, he took over the secondaries when I think one of the our secondaries, Coach Charles Kelly, was out sick. But 
and they played okay against A&M. Like, uh, Nick Saban was the secondary's coach that I game. bet those DBs really enjoyed that, though, too, because I remember when Auburn was going through a change in 2011 going into the bowl game against Virginia. I've talked to some Auburn defensive players in the past. Jeff Whitaker, one of those guys, a former Auburn defensive lineman, talked about how Chiswick came on and coached that defense. And they loved it. They said that was some of the most growth that they – that was some of the largest growth periods that they've seen and some of the most that they've learned under a coach's tutelage. But Pete Golding, I've never been pro-fire coach in the middle of the year, especially in college. Now, it's not the NFL. It's not the NFL. I get it. You know, NFL is set up differently. But what has Pete Golding shown anybody through – 13 games last year through three games this year. So 16 games as a defensive coordinator. What has Pete Golding put on the field that you that makes you say it's getting better? It's not getting better. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. And yeah. our defense is healthy. Freddie Roach, I know he's an alum, but he's got a couple weeks to figure it out with this defensive line. Or I know they're gassed and they ran 88 plays, but you got gassed in the first half before you retired. He's got to figure it out, and Pete Golding's got to figure it out. Because our linebackers and our defensive line are the we got Dylan Moses back there. Christian Harris, the top 25 recruit. And they're the worst that I've ever seen in the Nick Saban era. And it's by a long shot. We, you know how far we've come from Reuben Foster smoking a cigarette in the Tennessee locker room? We need some dogs on this defense, <laughs> Noah. We got a bunch of prep school boys that played at IMG. That, and they're not good. They're not good. Let's flip this, though. This offense is as good as it's ever been. It's beautiful. And that's why I don't think anyone in this league at the moment, once again, I can res- I, I reserve the right to change my opinion as this year progresses and we learn more. This is a very odd year and it's still early in the season. But as of right now, I don't think anybody can beat Alabama's offense. I can only I think only the best defense, the most elite defenses in the country can only hope to contain and by contain I mean maybe give up 30 points in the ball game. Maybe. I think contain could be you know described as I think contain could be described as holding them to 30 points. I really do. And that's a bad defensive day for somebody. Georgia has the best defense in college football and I think they can only hope to contain that offense this Saturday. Alabama's not losing. No I mean way. I mean uh, Georgia's not losing. I'm sorry. What? I'm picking I'm, – I'm, whatever game is the last game we're going to pick, I'm picking it out. Alabama can't win this game. This is the first time since Nick Saban has can't? been the coach at Alabama. That's a big word. That I fully think that this Alabama team is going up against a team that is much better than them. They are defensively superior. We are talking about two bad snaps away, and Alabama is a two, has a 2-1-1 record, and they lost to Matt Corral – and Ole Miss, who has the worst defense in college football. See, you made a, a point about Pete Golding and how you said, has he, has he shown you anything that this Alabama defense is getting better? I'm going to turn that around on Georgia and say, I haven't seen anything from Georgia to tell me that they have made strides to be able to beat Alabama. This Alabama defense is probably a little bit worse than last year's it's defense. It's an F. This, this defense is an F. And an F? Okay. They gave up. Seven touchdowns out of 11 tries last week. Not one three and out. 
Not one. I think fundamentally with the way that Georgia's offense is designed, though, it is easier to stop than Ole Miss. Now, does Stetson Bennett have clear limitations as a quarterback? 100%. Yeah. He's and the f- offensive line has limitations, the running backs. This De- is a new offense. Does this offensive line have limitations? They, I think so. I don't they think just, they've been challenged. They just beat Tennessee by 20 points. I don't think they've been challenged. And you have Tennessee as one of your underrated teams. That is true. And we'll talk about that later in speed round. I just don't think anything has changed in a positive direction for Georgia. I don't think they have taken any steps to overcome their limitations that they've had against the Alabama Crimson Tide in the last five meetings, which they've all lost. Nobody in their right mind would ever pick in a normal year. with an If Alabama had an average defense, there's no way you say Stetson Bennett can beat Nick Saban because it never happens. Only the elite of the elites are games played out of their mind for quarterbacks. Garcia, Nick Marshall, Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrows, Tim Tebow's. Those are the guys that have beaten Nick Saban. I think this defense is so bad that you can walk out a freaking walk-on in Stetson Bennett and find a way to not only, I don't think he's going to gash it through the air, but this Alabama defense is so bad that any type of play-action misdirection Georgia could have 300 rushing yards in this game. Ole Miss was almost there. I'm nervous. Let's channel your energy towards SEC officiating. I'll go down this They're rabbit bad. hole with you. They're bad. It's horrible. It's, it is the worst. I'll go down this rabbit hole with you if we don't talk about the Kentucky game, but I will I will entertain you about Saturday's debacle. I will, I will only reference the Kentucky game for .2 seconds. We will talk about the debacle. Auburn's last three home games have calls directly relating to points in in either one play or two plays later. All right, you're done. You're cut. Now, this Saturday against Arkansas. Come on, go ahead. What, what do you got about this Saturday? People will say, well, nobody else knew it was a backwards pass. Referee, I knew it live. Yeah, people like us. But they say, well, average people wouldn't have known. Doesn't matter. Refs well, should know. A, a, exactly. Average a, average people aren't refing the games. Average people aren't making 60000 extra dollars a year to ref games. I think... They blew the call live on the field, but based on the limitations that they put on themselves because they blew the call live on the field, they made the right call out of the review. So out of the review, yes, like plain and simple, based on the rule book, cut and dry, SEC officiating tweeted it out. If you want to go hate on them, fine. But they tweeted out, based on the parameters of the rule book, in the review, they can't overturn the call. We, so they made the right call there, but on the field live, blown call. Of course he threw it backwards. Bo Nix should have known better. That is that is panicking at its finest. It's almost like it's an, an, it's an oil spill. You don't have to do B until A happens. You don't spill oil in the river until you screw it up the first time. Somebody screwed up to get to that point, and the SEC officiating was able to cop themselves out once again by deferring to Section 37B1214-A-9 because they screwed the call up the first time. Is that the legit? Like, no, man. I, I wish I had it in front of me. because been sick. They referenced like six different articles of officiating yeah. for one call that if you do it right the first time, you don't have to explain any of this. Here's my point about it, though. And some people have said, well, Auburn should be one and two right now. I think Auburn's record is right at two and one because look Auburn was driving there they were in field goal range all they had to do was clock it 10 out of 10 times that's the first time we've ever seen that in our lives maybe the last time we ever see that in our lives a quarterback spiking it backwards in all reality the guy the guy would have spiked it properly and Auburn's team get up to get the game winning field goal so 
Auburn, Auburn shouldn't have even been in field goal range if you're Arkansas. They should have kept them out of it. So my thing is, Auburn still should be 2-1. and one. They kicked the field goal. They made it. They were right there. They were in position. They got into position. It was an anomaly. It was a freak thing. And fortunately for Auburn, the, the refs blew it. Yeah. Or else they wouldn't be 2-1 and one right now. But I think Auburn does deserve to be 2-1 and one with the way that they played in that right. game. No, listen, they, should they have lost? Yes. There's no, there's no retroactively going back and changing this call. Sure. You have to live with the call. But you would just hope in the age of review, you would think that some of these articles and sections in the rule book could be revised because it's all written pre-review. Okay, if we blow it dead, it's dead. No, now you have the clear path to recovery, but since you blew it dead as soon as he threw the ball into the ground, what really is the call? Now, you see people blow plays dead all the time, but it doesn't always directly correlate to points. Let's talk about this Saturday's game as you shake your head. And you, just I don't just, know. <laughs> you just can't do anything about it. And I'm, listen, I'm it's not. the New Orleans Saints-Rams thing. I'm not again. mad about it. It does, did not affect my team in any way, shape, form, or fashion. But it's not only happening in the Auburn games. It's happening everywhere where you're saying. It's happening in the NFL. This is the, it ain't near. Listen. Remember a couple years ago when they had the, the, the scab refs go up to the NFL when they had the, the yeah. strike? That. That is what's happening in the S. The NFL officiating is superior. There's like one horrible call like a year where you could say, wow, that one sucked. There's been like 10 in the SEC so far. Let's talk about this Saturday's game at South Carolina. Are things as bad for Auburn as they seem? You seem to not think so because of what you just said about Auburn's defense possibly being better than Alabama's. I'm not saying that they're better than Alabama, but do I decisively know who's better? I think you do. I think you might find out. You can find out this weekend for the first common opponent. And I, I don't think Alabama's defense is going to fare any better against Georgia's run game than Auburn's did. All right, right now then, do you think that Alabama gives up more than 27 points against Georgia? Auburn gave up 27. Only three in the second half. And sure, Georgia was probably deflating the football there. We're letting the air out of yeah, it. Yeah, but, but I, I honestly, more than 27? I can see it happening because Alabama's offense is going to – they're, Georgia's going to have to keep the pressure on. This isn't now. Auburn's offense is—they're bad. They're not. I actually think that's the best thing about the team. I actually, I'm not concerned about the offense whatsoever moving forward. There are no defenses left on Auburn's schedule right now that no, I'm sweating. I get that, I, and I get that. But for I'm—I'm I'm not sure. Alabama, like you said, I think Alabama can score 30 in this game. Can Alabama's defense, just think about it, it's only one touchdown drive a quarter and a field goal, and Georgia has 30 points. It's not that, I mean, it, it isn't like 30 points. I mean, it's 15 years ago, scoring 30, you probably won by 15, 16 points. To clarify what I said, I think they should at least score 30. I think Georgia can only hope to hold them to 30. Alabama, I think, should score 40 on anybody Dude, that they played this, this year. Is that, the first this test. offense is legit. This is the first test. We're about to find out. If Mac Jones is, is actually good. Not only that, we're about to find out, is Mac Jones any different than Tua? Tua ran the stats up against subpar opponents, just like most good quarterbacks do. Tua against good teams, pretty average. Touchdown, INT ratio is at one. It wasn't great. I mean, you got to find out right now if Mac Jones against a good defense can play superior football. And there's nothing to, to tell you that he can't do it, but you got there's also nothing to tell you that he can do it. We'll Side see. point here before we head to break. Tank Bigsby had a huge game against Arkansas, and if you think – that is his coming out party. I'm going to be real with you. Against South Carolina, I think he's going to have an even bigger day. 
Go check out Running the Point. There's an audio podcast of it, or you can head over to Fox Sports Central Alabama or Radio Alabama Sports to watch the video show version. It's great what we're doing. You've never seen anything like it in local radio. I talk about Tank Bigsby in the first session of the show and about how he compares to other freshman running backs at Auburn. We'll be back with more of On the Line coming up. You're listening to On the Line with Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law. We'll be right back. You're on the line. Now, Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law. Back on On the Line on Kicks 96.3, AU100 and Fox Sports Central, Alabama. Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law with you. I talk to people all the time, and they ask me, how can I support what you guys are doing? You want to know how you can support what we've got going on at Fox Sports Central, Alabama and Radio Alabama Sports? It's as simple as liking our Facebook page. Search for Fox Sports Central Alabama and Radio Alabama Sports on Facebook and hit the like button on those pages. Sharing our content on those pages with your friends helps support us and grow our pages as well. Thank you for being a vital part of what we do. It's time for Speed Round presented by the Brown Insurance Agency. Speed Round, life is coming at you fast just like Speed Round. Make sure you and your family are in good hands by allowing Lance Brown to be a part of your team. He'll make sure that you understand your policy and that you're fully protected. Call Lance Brown Allstate at 334-758-0088 or visit at 3051 Frederick Road in Opelika. Same rules as always. We've got Six questions for you this week. We'll spend about three minutes on each one. Jeremy, you ready to go, my man? Ready to go. Let's do it. Question number one, how do you view Tennessee after the loss to Georgia? I still think Tennessee is a really good football team. Now, I think Georgia's that good. Am I, the, I, I think I'm the only one like putting a lot of stake into Georgia this weekend. I think Tennessee is a really good football team. And listen, they play Alabama next weekend. Can Alabama keep Tennessee out of the end zone? Alabama has a chance to lose back-to-back games. I really think that this is the first time in a while Alabama has a chance to lose back-to-back games. I don't know if I'd say they're a really good team. What concerns me is, for one half, they looked like they were the SEC East champions. And in the next half, they didn't score a single point. They have a bad offense. And it all centers around Garantano. There's the good of Garantano, and there's the bad of Garantano. There's Garantano when he's confident and not making mistakes, and then there's Garantano that throws to the other team. Tennessee struggled to run the ball against Georgia as well. I don't think they're going to struggle to run the ball against Alabama because Alabama's defense, as you so eloquently put it in the first segment, sucks. But I think this Tennessee team's good, not great. They're not a part of the upper echelon of the SEC, though. And I don't think they're going to be able to keep Alabama off the scoreboard because they couldn't keep Georgia off the scoreboard. I think they are easily – They before the year, we thought they could be third in the in the East. I think that they could easily be second in the East at the end 100%. of the year. 100%. I mean, that could, so to me, they're yeah. in the upper echelon of the SEC. Now, there may be only one giant in the SEC, but they're a top four SEC team. The SEC East race is more intriguing to me than – the uh, the SEC East race is more intriguing to me right now than what's going on in the SEC West. In the SEC West hierarchy, I think it's Alabama above and far above everybody else. And then there's Ole Miss and A&M in that second tier, I think. And then fourth through seventh is everybody else. And they're kind of they're trailing behind at the moment. But I'm a I'm I'm a big fan of what the SEC East picture looks like right now 
with Tennessee, Florida, and Georgia all, I think, square in the race. All, all Tennessee needs to do is beat Florida and then hope Florida can pull the upset on Georgia, which I do think is manageable. We're going on now to question number two, number 15. Auburn right now having a hard time putting away some teams. What's the biggest concern facing the Tigers at this time after you've seen them for three weeks? I thought the offense, listen, I know you're hampering on the defense and they shouldn't have given up that many points. So the defense isn't great. I think your biggest problem, maybe it's the Bama type problems. Your biggest thing keeping you from being a great team is there's no development right now. There's no, I just think when you look around the whole, the whole team, there's just not a lot of development. Last year, you had two bona fide five stars on the defensive line. And were Marlon Davidson and Derek Brown any better at Auburn than the day they got to Auburn? They got a little bigger and they got stronger, but were they better players? Were like I think so. I, I think, think Derek. I think Derek were. Brown was a could have been a first round draft pick out of high school. Like if if a team knew that he could be as good as they expected him to be coming out of high school, an NFL team would have drafted him somewhere in the top two rounds. Marlon Davidson, a good player. Auburn's never developed a quarterback. You would agree with that. They've never put a quarterback through the Gus Malzahn system. It hasn't. I don't think Auburn's developed a quarterback in the last 15 years. They've had a couple transfers. Cam Newton, Jared Stidham, everybody else is just going by the wayside. And when I watch back foot Bo Nix, he's going by the wayside right That's now, too. That's a great nickname. That's a pretty good nickname. He has no, the, the scheme doesn't help him. Nothing helps Bo Nix. And I don't think he's as bad as everybody thinks he is. But he's always running backwards. He's always throwing on his back foot. You can call him jump ball Bo, too, because I watched that about 20 times as well Saturday. I think Bo is better this year than he was last year, but we have not, we haven't gotten to see it flourish yet. We had a nasty weather game this past week. That's not going to help any quarterback out. And the way that Auburn decided to approach that was oversimplify the offense. He also had to play the best defense in college football while breaking in a new offensive line. So the Georgia game's not going to help him out. And then the Kentucky game, I thought he looked great. I thought he had the best game of his of threw, his career. He threw two jump. He threw a jump ball touchdown to Seth Williams. That was a perfectly placed pass. But I'm not going to get hung up on this. Mm. The biggest concern facing Auburn right now at this time centers on the defensive line. It is it is hurting everything on defense right now. It's making the secondary look worse because they're having to stay in coverage for five seconds or longer. It's making the linebackers look worse, as you put it about Alabama in the first segment. They're getting hit in the chest by with by offensive linemen that are getting in the second level. There's no penetration. There's no pass rush. This defensive line is soft. Nobody has stepped up. This defensive line right now, by far the biggest problem right now for the Auburn Tigers. Question number three, looking at the AP poll, who is overrated in the top 25 right now? And it seems like a lot of teams are, considering half of college football hasn't played a game yet. If the Big Ten was playing and Ohio State was still undefeated, I'm, I'm worried about – I'm just the only person that doesn't think Alabama is as good as everybody else is telling me they are. I'm not saying – Alabama's overrated? I'm not saying – listen, we're giving up – Okay, well, who else deserves to be the number two team in the country? Georgia? Would you flip the two? Absolutely. Right now, Georgia's a better football team than Alabama. Is Ohio State a better football team Yeah, absolutely. Right now, <laughs> right now <laughs> I haven't played I, yet. I haven't played. <laughs> but if Ohio State was in the rankings, I'd have them in front of Alabama. Yeah. You can't give up 48 against a, a, a really bad team like Ole Miss and, and then still convince me that you're a great team. Alabama's not a great team right now. They're a great offense. So has Oklahoma been for the last 10 years. Where's that got them? I'm with you. I am with you. I think that that's a fair assertion with – I think that's a fair assertion with Alabama. I still think they're a top five, top four team there. I think the only teams that I might put in front of them, based off of what I've seen through this point, I wouldn't put them in front of Georgia because I think Alabama's going to win this weekend. But I would put Ohio State in front of them for sure. I would say Alabama's probably the third best team in college football. We haven't even seen Ohio State play yet. The team that I'm going to say is overrated right now in the top 25, North Carolina at five. They're not a top five team when you only beat Virginia Tech by 11. 
I think this team's good. I don't know yet if they are able to beat Clemson or maybe even Notre Dame. We'll find out at the end of the year. They don't play Clemson in the regular season. They do play Notre Dame at the end of the year. I think Notre, I think Notre Dame and North Carolina are the two teams, obviously. I think Miami got jettisoned out of that picture last week against Clemson. North Carolina and Notre Dame are those two teams that are going to be fighting for that other spot alongside Clemson in the ACC Championship. But I'm not so sure North Carolina is in that. In I don't, I'm not so sure that North Carolina is on that level yet. Can I just throw Florida in there? How do you lose to Texas A&M? You have the identical record, but Florida's still 10, Texas A&M that's still right. 11. I don't understand. Yeah, that's because it's based on a point system. So enough people still had Florida inside the top 10. That's why polls suck, man. Yeah. I, they're not power rankings, so it's not necessarily the AP poll isn't saying necessarily that Florida's better than A&M. It's just how the voting shook out. Let's move on. Question number four. Looking at the AP poll, who is underrated in the top 25? I think we agree on – there aren't many underrated teams, but I think we so agree pretty well on There's a this lot one. of O&Os, right? I mean, no, yeah. a lot of teams that you could say could be overrated. I like – to me, you really want to know, I really do – I just – picked on florida a&m i think they're a lot better than a lot of other people um but also when you look at it i i could really make the case for C- cincinnati who has beaten some okay they're they're, they're gonna have i've said it like this because they're gonna have a chance to make a playoff for the first time and they're still they're in the top 10 but, i expected so much more from you than cincinnati being underrated I Cincinnati's think, not dude, underrated. i think they're a really good team i picked against what? them a couple weeks ago i think they're good i think that they have a shot to make the college football playoff. i can't get there with you because they only beat army 24 to 10. Who, who are you going to say there's a bunch of o and o teams tennessee's underrated at 18. no listen i would agree with that but we already talked about that didn't want to steal your thunder smu's 4-0 at 17. we can agree i'll i'll, I'll just build on it what Let's about 4-0 byu at center number four see i think byu is a sexy team in college football like they look good but they haven't played any Body. their schedule also got ravaged by the coronavirus and teams quitting now all these pac-12 schools you know obviously that were on their schedule they can't prove it against anybody i think it's byu teams probably an 8-4 team in a, in a realistic college football year but i don't think that they're higher i don't think they're a top 15 team in college football i think if they play a majority of the teams in the top 15 they lose i mean they only beat utsa by seven Listen, this past oklahoma's weekend. not ranked again after beating texas i mean uh, you know oklahoma I, it, is oklahoma better than some of these teams in the top 25 I don't know. They lost to Iowa State, and Iowa State's on the cusp of being out. They lost to Kansas State. They're on the cusp of being out. I don't, I don't know. Oklahoma's uh, Oklahoma's an enigma right now. I think they've lost good, to two ranked teams. I don't know. I'm just looking at the what others. About Spencer receiving. Radler getting benched. They, well, but I he also came back in and won the game. He did. I think it was. Uh, let's see how that goes, though. Let's see if that time for Rattler was a. Um, let's see if that time for Rattler was kind of a wake up call for him moving forward. I think that's how they intended it. Moving on, next question, transitioning to basketball, the Auburn-Alabama basketball recruiting rivalry. It's an arms race right now. The Tide got J.D. Davidson a couple of weeks ago. Auburn landed Jabari Smith last week. Where is this arms race headed in college basketball? It's headed in a good direction. I think that issue with Auburn last year, and I think both of these teams could run into it this year, is you're signing some really good players, and then the G League swoops you up because they can guarantee you some money. There's still not a given that J.D. Davidson is going to play at Alabama. Or the, Jamar Smith. The G, the G League will continue to recruit you because they want the top-tier talent. And if you can get paid as top-tier talent, why would you do that? Then then get paid a little less to go to college. I'm going to be disappointed if these two guys don't play be college fun. basketball yeah. because this rivalry has been built on recruiting right now. Auburn started it. Auburn got better at basketball because they started landing high-profile recruits. Now Alabama stepped up their game. 
Alabama's been an average basketball team for as long as I can remember. They've been good, not great, some years bad. But now they're starting to recruit some really high-profile players alongside Auburn, and this rivalry is going to become the hottest rivalry in the SEC. What, without a doubt. It's going to be the uh, hottest, hottest contested rivalry in this conference. Well, it's the only one that in-state – in, uh, in-state rivalry with teams that have really good players. Where else does that happen in the it's SEC? Not, I mean, not to mention their football programs hate each other. I mean, th- these two fan bases uh, hate these, each other. Listen, when Alabama and Auburn playing baseball, I may I may be in, in the minority here, but I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose to Auburn. And when basketball can heat up like this, and it can be exciting like this, and even as good as Auburn's been, it's not been a guaranteed Alabama loss, and it's never been a guaranteed Alabama win in any of this. This is kind of like where. This is the ones that you want to win because you're beefed up with talent. It used to be, well, we want to win the basketball game. We get it, and we don't want to lose. Now there's like, we want, we need to beat these guys because look at our roster. You're almost wasting talent. I'm excited to see when these two teams square off because Jabari Smith and J.D. Davidson, these are the two of the most high-profile uh, recruits to walk through the doors at those respective universities. Last question here, who's winning the race? Who's winning this arms race? Well, I mean, Alabama got one better recruiting class, but is is the arms Did race... finish ranked higher, though, than Auburn in this past well, one? They're going to in this one. There's, I don't That's think there's any doubt in this one. They're, now that Alabama... Listen, Alabama... don't know that. Auburn just got stacking the number five up, recruit. Alabama's stacking up talent. They got some guys to come back. Alabama has the better team this year in this basketball season. But is that really winning the race, the arms race? I don't think Alabama's out recruiting Auburn, but I think it's getting close. I think it's even now. I think it is even, but so who's winning? Auburn, listen, long term, I still think... Bruce Pearl and Auburn have a better situation because until Nate Oates proves himself, I can't say Alabama's going to win this race. And even with Nate Oates going 2-0 against Auburn this year, which could easily happen looking at the rosters, not saying it's going to happen, I still don't think you could say Nate Oates is winning this race. Now, it would be a slap in the face to Bruce to lose back-to-back to Auburn and Nate Oates take three of the last four. Don't get me wrong, but, but they still think Auburn has a better basketball situation. The state of Alabama is a powder keg in college basketball right now ready to blow when these two teams take the court i don't know if it's this year because i think auburn's going to be young and i think alabama's going to have a better team this year with the amount of experience youth athleticism shooting ability i mean they are completely balanced with talent across all levels but i think when these two teams take the floor with jabari smith and jd davidson on the floor i think this thing's going to blow up I mean, these two teams might be the best teams in the SEC. I mean, Kentucky's always going to recruit great and have a great team coming in, but does it transition to the floor? I think when it's all said and done, when these two squads take the floor, if we can get Jabari Smith and J.D. Davidson on these campuses, it is going to be a – it's going to be a hoot. Well, you (laughs) you mentioned that with Kentucky. When is – I know Kentucky's made a Sweet 16 recently, but they haven't – they have not lived up to their expectations. If one of these schools, and Auburn made a Final Four, but if one of these schools can consistently be a Sweet 16, Elite Eight type team, win a couple um, games in the tournament, man, that if, if both of them could do it, this could be this could become the most exciting to me. Other than Duke, North Carolina, like where else do you look across the country for a basketball rivalry that, that with with fan bases that hate each other as much as these two? It doesn't exist. It doesn't. I, I think the Iron Bowl could really be big in basketball too and I'll say this about winning the race right now I think Auburn's winning the race currently because of the pedigree that they've got that they've built under Bruce Pearl but this year 
I think Nate Oates will equalize it. I think Alabama's going to be ahead of Auburn this year. I think they're going to be, and of course, I reserve the right to change that opinion when these two teams do finally start playing basketball. It's probably going to be an odd year for college basketball as well. But like I said, when J.D. Davidson and Jabari Smith take the floor that year, next year is going to be the year where it decides who's winning the arms race. I think right now it's Auburn. Alabama could equalize this year, and then they're going to split after this year, and the next year is going to be when, when somebody really effectively takes a lead in this arms race that does it for speed round brought to you by the brown insurance agency life is coming at you fast just like speed round make sure you and your family are in good hands by allowing lance brown to be a part of your team he'll make sure that you understand your policy and that you're fully protected call lance brown allstate at 334-758-0088 or visit at 3051 frederick road in opelika we've got more of on the line coming up we're going to wrap it up with game picks on the other side of this break You're listening to On the Line with Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law. We'll be right back. This is On the Line. Back on On the Line, Noah Gardner, Jeremy Law with you on AU100. Kicks 96.3 and Fox Sports Central Alabama or on demand on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also on Facebook for you on Radio Alabama Sports. We appreciate you guys joining us. However you may be joining us, it's time for game picks. Jeremy, you edged me last week by one game, and our records have have taken a little bit of a slide, but college football has gotten wild the past two weeks with some of the upsets. I'm sitting at 27-15. and You're sitting at 27-15 and as well. We're tied up again, and we've been neck and neck all year long. Yeah, we don't pick too Listen, differently. If you can, if you could predict it, you'd be the richest man in the world, right? I mean, that, that's why we pick games because you know who's going to win. People take time machines back to the past. Yeah, uh, the, the, the college I mean, for all we know, the richest people in the world right now could be time travelers that knew what was going to happen. Yes, it's not Bezos. <laughs> it's not Amazon for Bezos. It's the time machine that he hasn't <laughs> he hasn't capitalized on yet. No. It has been such a year, and we kind of expected, like, how are teams going to come out? Yeah, you can have more talent this year, but are you going to execute? It's because everybody says everybody's going through the same stuff, but not everybody's going to handle the same stuff the same. I mean, something like if you're a running team, you love to play in the rain. You love to take the air out of the ball against Alabama. You know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you're not going to handle all situations the same. I think you've seen a lot of that in college football. There's been some upsets, some close games that could have been upsets. From a viewer's perspective, it could not be more fun than it's been through what for the first three weeks for look the SEC. Florida, you know, I mean, look at Florida right now. I mean, they're their best team. They're be- not best team. They're a better team than LSU, and coronavirus affects the, affects the game. You know what I mean? So for that reason, we're not picking that game. But Pittsburgh at number thirteen, Miami Hurricanes are ten and a half point favorites at this moment. Eleven a.m. ACC Network. I know you like the U, like you may be a U fan or because they wear orange. We had a long discussion earlier this week, Noah. You're just a team. Orange is my favorite color, so I am predisposed to like teams who wear the color orange. I don't like Miami, but I like them in this game. You know, Pittsburgh was in the top 25 earlier in the year. Miami's a good team, and I still think that they're they're a top. They're clearly they're going to be a top four ACC team, but I still think that with how the ACC shakes out, they could be sitting there as like number two, number three right there in the ACC. Still trying to battle it out at the end of the year. It's like Miami's played 
some really bad teams and they've played one good team and they've looked good against the bad teams, borderline great against the bad teams, and they looked bad, really bad against the great team, right? So I don't know how they compare to North Carolina, but those two teams do play and that game's going to have major implications for the ACC championship picture. But I also see, I don't know if North Carolina is closer to Miami or if they're closer to Notre Dame. We'll find out when they play, but Miami's going to win this one. Looking at Pittsburgh, they're on a slide right now. They've lost two straight, and they've given up over 30 points to some bad offenses, I think. NC State and Boston College, Miami ought to get back to running all over their opponent. I like Miami in this one, and they'll probably cover too. Number 15, Auburn at South Carolina, 11 a.m. ESPN. Auburn only three-point favorites over the Gamecocks, and I kind of expected that. Yeah, Auburn, listen, Auburn is on the road. Another sleepy 11 a.m. kick. Um, that's always the scariest time in the day to kick. Um, but I just think Auburn is the better team. They're better 100%. than Will Muschamp. More How does Gus Malzahn, does Malzahn start his wins versus disciples with this that's game? That's not a Saban's 21-0 against former assistants. Is Gus Malzahn going to get in there? I think he does. I think Auburn and the points. I think Auburn by a touchdown. I think Auburn by more than a touchdown. I think Auburn's going to well, look really the lines good at in three. this game. I think Auburn's going to look good in this game. Auburn started out – don't forget, Auburn started out up 17-0 to on Arkansas. I don't know what happened for Arkansas to get back into that football game. I don't know why Auburn let, let them off the hook. Auburn should have just continued to just pour it on, and maybe the rain had a little bit to do with it. I don't know. That game plan for Auburn on offense seemed to be simplified, but Auburn has found a gem in Tank Bigsby, and I think we're going to continue to see him be the focal point of this offense. I think he's going to have a big game against South Carolina. Gus Malzahn does great when he's under pressure. He's dug himself out of his grave many times, or he's climbed out of his grave many times when the pressure has gotten on him, and I think things do begin to improve against South Carolina because we've seen it time and time again with Gus Malzahn. Auburn teams do improve from game one to game 12 every year. Kentucky at number 18, Tennessee, 11 a.m. SEC Network. I think we're both probably going to go Tennessee right here, right? Yeah, no way Tennessee loses to a bat, an average quarterback in back-to-back weeks. They have a better roster. They have a better team. Um, and I think this game, very important for Jeremy Pruitt. You can't come out flat in this one. You came out flat earlier in the year. You took care of business against Mizzou. You lose to Georgia after having a lead. Georgia, doesn't Tennessee still have the chance to somehow end up in Atlanta at the end of the year? Tennessee can't take the foot off the gas here and think about last week's loss, and I don't think they do. I think they win this one big over Kentucky. If Tennessee beats Alabama, then they'll end up in Atlanta. I think that there's a real chance for that. I mean, Georgia will still have to lose too, but if Georgia loses to Alabama and Florida and Tennessee wins out from here, Tennessee's in. Is it crazy to say that 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 Alabama-Tennessee game is a – it used to be like Tennessee can't win this game, but it, I I think that it is a winnable, not not very winnable, but Tennessee stands a chance against Alabama. We'll figure it out next. I week. don't think it's winnable. That offense. So why I, even I bring? Why bring up the scenario, Noah? Well, Tennessee's you better just, this year. You just year. walked me through an entire scenario <laughs> about how Tennessee can make it to Atlanta. Like, well, they can't win well, look, anyways. For one half, Tennessee looked like they were capable of winning these. They really did. What and happens then when the they next broke? half they didn't score points? So tail of two halves. They didn't score a point. But Kentucky's never looked like they could win the SEC East. So I'm taking Tennessee in this one as well. Ole Miss at Arkansas, 2.30 p.m. ESPN 2. Arkansas, only three-point dogs in this one. What? I think this is more of a respect for Arkansas as opposed to a lack of respect for the Ole Miss Rebels. And this is also one of those... This is ga- disrespect to them, I think. No, I... Listen, it's more of like, we listen, don't believe in the defense at all. Arkansas Ole Miss. is a missed call away from beating Auburn last week. we got to think about this. 
Being two yeah. and one, yeah, I mean, two wins against ranked opponents. I mean, fair. They're probably in the top twenty-five. There, I just think this is could be one of those games for Lane Kiffin, where your offense is hit on all cylinders. Eventually, offense is you need a defense. Eventually, you need a defense. We've seen that a couple of times with Ole Miss already. Eventually, you need a defense. Not this week, Ole Miss. Give me the Rebs. Yeah, I, I don't foresee. I think I, I caught some flack for saying that Ole Miss was the third best team in the SEC West because apparently that meant that I was saying that you know they could beat anybody. Um, Ole Miss went toe to toe with the best team in the SEC. They this can past beat weekend. anybody. A, they are a good football team. They may be minus the defense right now, but you can still be a good football team without having a good defense. And this offense is that good. I think there are a lot of teams that, are, that would struggle right now if Ole Miss played Auburn, LSU, Arkansas, Mississippi State. Am I holding anybody? Is there anybody that I forget in there? No. The, the four teams that I believe are below them in the hierarchy right now, I think Ole Miss outscores every single one of them with the way that offense is playing right now. I'm, I'm not feeling great about that Auburn-Ole Miss game next week. Arkansas right now, they're having to rely too heavily on Felipe Franks, and that's that's inconsistency. That's what you're going to get because sometimes he's locked in like he was against Auburn this past weekend, and other times he's throwing to the other team. He's not locked in. He's not hitting his passes. He's not accurate. This Arkansas team, only 86.3 yards per game on the ground. That is not how you beat a team like Ole Miss that looks like it's on autopilot right now. They're not even having to think about how they're going to score. They're just doing it. So I like Ole Miss in this one. and I, not, I, I don't know if it's going to be by more than 10, but I feel like it should be. Number 11, Texas A&M at Mississippi State. 3 p.m. SEC Network. I was shocked to see that Texas A&M is only six-and-a-half-point favorites over the dogs. I don't think a lot of people trust Jimbo in back-to-back games. I don't think a lot of people trust um, Kellen Mond in back-to-back games to win. Wins a game that could have gone either way, and now you're playing a team that you should beat who has benched their quarterback, who was a Heisman Trophy contender after week one beating LSU, and KJ Costello, who was – you're picked to be one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. He looked it after the first after week. After one then, game, and he's flamed out, and now Mike Leach doesn't know where to go. Air raid's been shot down. But what about this game? I mean, this feels a little tricky. You're at state. Do it. Go ahead. Oh, there's do no it. way I want to do Starsky it. Starsky and Hutchstock, do it. I, I, after do watching it. last week's game, I truly believe that A&M is much better than a lot of people thought. They came out against Vanderbilt, and they looked horrible. But they have followed that up with – an average performance against a really good offense in Alabama. If they could have gotten some stops, it would have been a lot closer. And then they beat Florida, who was maybe a little overrated, doesn't play defense either. But these guys don't play defense at all at Mississippi State. I think Kellen can have a big day. Yeah, no offense either. A&M, big day. They're gaining confidence on the offensive side of the ball. The defense isn't great, but they've got a lot of confidence on the offensive side of the ball. I still think they're accident-prone. So... If Mississippi State comes to play like they did week one against LSU, but now that win against LSU does not look impressive after you see where LSU's at at one and two, right? Yeah, they're and bad. So, like, I don't even I don't even know how to gauge this Mississippi State team. Mississippi State being in the top twenty-five or top sixteen, rather, was probably the biggest overreaction that we've seen this season so far. But I think A&M wins, and I think they win big. Boston College at number twenty-three, Virginia Tech, seven p.m. ACC Network. Hokies eleven-point favorites. Eleven-point dog. Eleven-point favorites don't lose to me I mean that's just almost a guarantee this is I think Virginia Tech is a an above average team they are a top 25 team and Boston College to me it's just still Boston College you got to be able to score you got to pull upsets, up points, man to pull upsets I mean think about this in any sport the team that is the underdog that that pulls off the upset is the team that can score relentlessly why was Ole Miss in the picture on Saturday because they could score why do teams in the NCAA tournament that get hot are always the ones that are averaging 80 a game and they can shoot the lights out of the gym from three-pointer 
uh, from three-point land. It's because the three-pointer is the great equalizer in college basketball when you're talking about, uh, you know, a smaller team being able to compete with somebody who's more athletic and has better has better players. The, the same thing can be said about college football. The smaller team, the less athletic team, the, the worst team must have an offense that can find a way to exploit weaknesses on the other side of the ball. And Boston College does not have that. They are not going to out-physical Virginia Tech. Now, don't get me wrong. I actually really don't think Virginia Tech is going to cover in this one. I think Boston College is going to keep it close because why? Boston College, their hallmark, their thing that they are in the ACC is that they're that gritty defensive team that does keep games close. But I think their offense just is not going to get to the finish line. So I like Virginia Tech, but by less than 11 points. Our last game, and it's the big one. Number three, Georgia at number two, Alabama. Six-point favorites are the Crimson Tide, 7 p.m. CBS. Man, this is this is as big as that three, uh, as that number three, Mississippi State, number two, Auburn game when they played in 2014. Big game here, SEC championship implications, college football playoff implications. Who are you taking? You said earlier on the show. but Alabama is 0-3 in their last three games where they are favored by less than seven points. The line is at six right now. They were just 0 5 in their last five meetings against Alabama. Yeah, but I mean, when you, Alabama is it's a new day. You're not saying that they ain't what they used to be, but you're also saying, how does this happen to Alabama? How are they have the worst three and out percentage in college football? How has the defense gotten this bad? I thought the DBs played, I thought our corners played fine. I think our corners are two of the best in college football. How has it gotten to this? Three years in a row now of just undisciplined, lack of tackling, out of position, defense, LaPoy. Listen, even at least Tosh LaPoy had a top-rushing defense. This is bad. You wished for this. Not you necessarily, but Alabama wished for this. For an offense that could they score. They wanted an offense, and they spurned the defense. This happens. I mean, teams that score this fast, I really do think it hinders the defense. Sometimes recruiting shifts in favor of skill position and offensive linemen, and it outweighs what you've got on defense. I think Alabama is still wholeheartedly recruited both sides of the ball. But we've seen this time and time again. Somebody gets an offense, and then all of a sudden the defense falls apart, right? But Ole Miss dictated the game, and that's what scared me the most is in the past, even if Alabama scoring points, like they're going to get a stop. They maybe give up a score, but they're going to score. Then they get a stop. The next thing you know, they're up four touchdowns, and the game's over. So who's winning? I think Georgia wins. Okay. I think Georgia wins this game. And it, it sucks to say Brian Denny's going to be at 20% because Greg Byrne won't open it up. Um They've kicked all the loud fans out, and they've replaced everything with a bunch of skyboxes and windows, so they have even have less fan participation really inside of the environment. Um, I just don't. When I look at it, I think Alabama's offense is good enough to win this game. I think Alabama's defense is going to be better at losing this game unless something drastically has changed from last Saturday to the time they kick off against Georgia. Don't be tricked about this Alabama defense. It's not enough of a reason to keep them from winning this game. Only the best defenses in college football can hope to contain this Alabama offense to this 30 is, points. This is one of the best. De- this is the best defense in college football. This is the best offense in college football, and I think it wins out over Georgia. I do. I think it, I think it wins out over Georgia on Saturday. How, where does Alabama get stops? I know where Georgia gets stops. They got stops against A&M, though. That's the thing. Like I know, and that's the story I've been telling myself, Noah. <laughs> but where does Alabama get stops in this game? I know where Georgia gets stops. They put pressure on Mac Jones. They get there. They get a sack at second and 17. Next thing you know, we're punting. Where does Alabama get its stops? I'm trying to find them, and I'm, I'm really trying to find the stops. We don't hit the quarterback. This we're, is a simple offense. It's a simplified offense that Georgia brings. Fundamentally, they don't do a whole lot of things to confuse defenses. 
they're very they're very much so going to line up and try and hit Alabama in the mouth. And if Alabama gets out physical, the next week when we have the show, I'll be there with you saying that this Alabama team is not a national championship contender and they may not make it to the college football playoff if they lose this game. They because can, we've well, never seen Alabama get manhandled by other teams. Listen, if Alabama loses this game, it's not the end of the world, though. I would like to say that. If Alabama loses this game and wins out, they're in Atlanta. They get another shot at Georgia. This game is not determined if Alabama is in the college football playoff. This game does not determine if Alabama is in the SEC title game. This is a regular season game that Alabama fans want to use as a guide to where this team could go the rest of the year. And I think you're going to have a bad taste in your mouth after this one ends at about 10.30. Stetson Bennett doesn't have the firepower. If he does, that's going to be a great story for the hey, fourth stringer that went he beat to Auburn, the Giant. You beat know? Tennessee. That's not saying a whole lot. Those, t- those teams don't have as much firepower as what Alabama does. I think you put the firepower of both of those teams together and you still don't have enough to beat Alabama. I know to your point. This, Tennessee had like three turnovers to start the second half, too. It was bad. You're right. I mean, you're right, man. calming me down a little bit, Noah. I'm telling you, I, th- I think Alabama should be able to just run for freedom. But that does it for another edition of On the Line. We'll be back next week, same time, same place. You know where to find us. God bless everybody and enjoy your football. Thanks for listening to On the Line, a product of Radio Alabama Sports. To follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, find Radio Alabama Sports. For more episodes and show notes, visit RadioAlabamaSports.net.